0: All right, Josh is enjoying family with his brother and sister-in-law. They don't get to see them very often, and, and uh, this came up on uh, uh, Wednesday. So Josh actually called me and said, hey, you want to preach? <laughs> I said, all righty. Um, and I had something in mind, but he sent me kind of a skeleton outline, and I liked his outline better, so I started developing it. So if there's parts in here that you like, it's what I wrote. If it's parts you don't like, <laughs> Josh wrote it. It's fair enough. Hey, be praying for Josh and Jess. They're on their last leg of getting into their house. They've been building since June on a house there. And uh, Josh went home on Tuesday at about, I think he called me about 12.30 on his way home. Come to find out he went to sleep at one. And over that afternoon and evening, he slept 14 hours. So if you know Josh, he doesn't normally do that, but he's burning the candle at both ends. Be praying for him. Also be praying for uh, Heather Rittner. She's uh, dealing with a cold as well. And uh, so pray for her as well. Um, I'm Stacy Ralliff, my family and I've been going here for, since 2009, I'm part of the elder board and also part-time on staff, and uh, just, I really appreciate being an opportunity to speak to you. If you guys are new here, um, I just want to say thanks for being here. Thanks for spending time with us, I appreciate it. This is a family, I know it was a little bit odd this morning that we stopped worship and prayed for people, but that's what family does, we take care of each other's needs, and so I felt like that was important that we did that, so um, if it felt a little odd to you because you're new, I'm sorry, um, but we just want you to know that we love you, and we love each other, and that's why, kind of why we did that, but uh, if you have any questions afterwards, uh, catch me, and I'll try to answer anything I can. Today, I get the privilege of continuing this series, First Things First. Um, at the start of a new year, we start talking about our priorities or what we're going to put first in our lives and, and, uh, and setting goals. So, Joss uh, started us off a couple of weeks ago with uh, going through seven firsts. The first one is if you need provision or healing or anything else, seek first the kingdom of God. That's in Matthew If you're coming to God, bringing your gifts and approaching him with your gifts or with yourself, you need to first go be reconciled with somebody that you're having a differences with or you've been offended by. That comes from Matthew 5.24. If you see a friend doing something wrong before you start to judge him, maybe you should first ask for forgiveness for the plank in your eye or the sin in your heart as well. That's Matthew 7.5. If God has asked you to take new ground in 2017, you need to first bind the enemy. That comes from Matthew 12, 29. And then Josh told us about love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. That obviously should be the first thing on our radar screen, Matthew 28, 38. In 2017, let's make sure our hearts are right before the Lord first, before we worry about what our outside looks like. And that comes from Matthew 23, 26, and honor the Lord's Day first each week, Matthew 28, 1. Then as a quick recap from last week, Josh talked about our first love who is in Christ, who is Christ. That if you find your 2017 starting off a little less than stellar, maybe you should take a step back and return to your first love, which is Christ. Spend some time with Him. Take some time to ask your loving Father for forgiveness. Start a fresh relationship with Him And remember, and this was in my notes even before Hannah came up, he doesn't expect you to change or to get all cleaned up before you talk to him. He loves you, and he wants a relationship with you. He wants a relationship today. So to continue our first things first today, we're going to talk about first words. First words are important. As a new parent, we anxiously await our child's first words. What are they going to be? Let me allow, allow me to illustrate this with a story. A mother in Southern California was acutely aware from the babbles of her baby Emily that data was on the way to becoming Emily's first words. So for weeks, she practiced saying mama with her 14 year old daughter. One day, she was just convinced that Emily was going to utter those first words, mama. But much to her surprise, and both, both her and her husband's surprise, Baby Emily's first words was, Bob. (laughs) And sure enough, Bob, their golden retriever, came running to her call. (laughs) What we say in every situation sets the tone and course for what will happen. Let's take a look at our text today, Luke uh, 10, 5, and 6. It says, when you enter a house, first say peace to this house. If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not... It will return to you. It sets the tone. The first words are so important because it sets the tone of our conversation. It sets the tone of where we're going. It also reveals what's in our heart. The first words we say in every situation. Luke 6, 5, or I'm sorry, Luke six forty five 45 says, a good man produces good deeds from a good heart and an evil man produces evil deeds from his hidden wickedness. Whatever is in the heart overflows into speech. Yikes. Really? You got to ask yourself, what do I say first when I get bad news? What do I say when I hear something, when I hear something bad about someone or I hear something about someone else? What do I say when I get hurt or something goes wrong? Personally, I've had to deal with this in the last couple of weeks because when I hurt my finger or when I fall or when something happens, I drop something, the first word out of my mouth is not something that I want it to be. So what's in my heart? What's in my heart that has to come out? What do I need to ask for forgiveness for and what's the root of that? Why is that first word negative? So that's something that I've personally had to deal with in the last couple of weeks and I'm not there yet but it's something that I'm realizing that I do need to deal with that because it's coming out of my heart. It's what I believe. So is there something in your heart that needs to be dealt with? Do you need to ask for forgiveness for bitterness? How about fear? If you get bad news, is the first thing out of your mouth agreement with that news? Oh, doctor's report. Is it gonna be Cancer? oh, is that gonna really happen? What happens when you lose your job or when something happens is the first thing is, how am I gonna pay my bills? What am I gonna do? Or are your words filled with God's word that says he heals all of my diseases or he provides all of my needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus? What are your first words? Do you agree? with the world or do you agree with God's word? Are your first drip words dripping with anger? Those first words reveal what it's in your heart and what you believe. If you don't like what's coming out of your heart, then you need to go back in to God's word and you need to start feeding your heart and your mind with what the word says. Proverbs eighteen twenty one says, words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit, you make the choice. Even words that we've heard our whole life and what we have a habit of saying have power. Listen to some of these, do they sound familiar? Oh, my feet are killing me. Oh, Oh, man, I'm so tired, I could just die, lay down here and die, you know? Why do these things always happen to me? Why Why do I always have bad luck? Or my dad's favorite, "I'll never get out of this world alive." <laughs> you know what? That might be the case. But we don't need to uh, move it along any, I don't think. They're setting the course. Our words set the course. Do you want to follow your words? Sometimes we don't. So we're talking about first words, but remember, we don't always want to be the first to speak. Proverbs 17:28 says, "Even fools are thought wise if they keep silent and discerning if they hold their tongue." Now, this verse hit me hard while preparing for this message and made me think I probably shouldn't have said yes to Josh. Cuz as up here, I could just kind of remove all of that facade you guys think I'm smart. Well, after this, you pretty much know that's not the truth. Hey, let's take a look at an example of when someone should have maybe held their tongue and not been the first to speak. There's this achy, I don't know what it is.
1: And I'm not sleeping very well at all. And all my sweaters are snagged. I mean, all of them. That sounds really hard.
0: Thank you. Ow!
1: Come on, (laughs) if you would just- Don't!
0: Try to see things my way. (laughs) gentlemen can I get an amen yeah now you're in trouble this afternoon aren't you since our words are so powerful you must choose them wisely what are your first words in every situation and how are they affecting you and those around you are they laden with wisdom are they poison or fruit are they life-giving or death do they build up others or tear them down What comes out of your mouth will set the course of your life. It's very, very important. James 3, 4 through 6 says, A bit in the mouth of a horse controls the whole horse. A small rudder on a huge ship in the hands of a skilled captain sets the course in the face of the strongest winds. And a word out of your mouth may seem of no account. A lot of times we think that, that a word out of our mouth just doesn't doesn't matter but it can accomplish nearly anything, or it can destroy it. It only takes a spark, remember, to set off a forest fire. We know that well here in Montana. A careless or wrongly placed word out of your mouth can do that. By our speech, we can ruin the world, turn harmony to chaos, throw mud on a reputation, send the whole world up in smoke and go up and smoke with it. Smoke right from the pit of hell. That's from the Message Bible. Canadian writer and leader, uh, speaker Robin Sharma, tells us what words can do to our outlook on life. Let's take a look.
1: I mean, words have destroyed nations. I mean, think about the great dictators. Their words of hatred, their words of toxicity, their words of breakdown, caused the people around them to do sometimes incredibly terrifying acts. And then you look at people like a Nelson Mandela or a Martin Luther King Jr. or a Mother Teresa. You look at the great business builders. You look at humanitarians. You look at a lot of the great artists and they were so careful with their words. And their words lifted people up. And that's really what great leaders do. They use the language of leadership. You look at a victim and they say things like, this is a problem, I've got a problem right here or I'm really scared about this, or I hate that client, or I hate this work, or I'm sick of this day, or I'm exhausted, or I don't like that, or she never likes me. It's literally the language of toxicity. And the words you use really are like a context or a framework or a stained glass window on the way you see the world. I mean, here's a game-changing insight. You see the world not as it is, you see the world as you are. You see the world through a lens, and your language forms that lens of belief.
0: Well. Isn't that interesting? It forms, it forms the lens that you see the world through. Your language does. Careful words make for careful life. It's in Proverbs 13:3. Careless talk may ruin everything. So let's look at three ways we can prioritize or shall we say retain or retrain our tongue and our heart. Now remember, we cannot do this on our own. The only way you can change your tongue and in turn change what is in your heart is to submit yourself to the Holy Spirit. Have you ever thought about why the Holy Spirit, when he came upon the church, the Acts church the first time, what did he do? He changed their tongue. Isn't that interesting? He, cha- he gave them a new tongue. He changed their tongue. There's something powerful there. Amen. God wants to change our tongue. Amen. He wants to put our tongue in belief. So we're gonna look at three ways we can our t- retrain our tongue, three Ps today. Man, it's hot up here or something. I gotta, <laughs> what, what? Oh, did I get the wrong towel? I'm sorry. I'm preaching today. <laughs> Can I hear it, Steeler fans? Woo! Woo! All right, sorry. Just had to get you laughing, wake you up. The three Ps today, the first one is praise. Psalms thirty-five twenty-eight says, my tongue will proclaim your righteousness, your praise all day long. If you're praising God... You cannot be cursing people at the same time, can you? If you're praising God continually, then your first words are gonna be God-centered, not, not man-centered. Peace comes from God. We can be people of peace and peace promoters like in Luke 10, but we need to lift up the prince of peace. When we praise first, we get God's eye view of our situation not just our situation, not just what we're looking at in front of us, what we're dealing with, what we're facing. The second P is pray. That means using words like Luke 11.1, 1, you know, when it says that, sorry, Jesus said say, so Luke 11.1 1 is the Lord's prayer. It's Jesus teaching his disciples to pray. It says, now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, that one, ceased, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. So he said, when you pray, say. Right there, it means speak. You know, a lot of times we don't want to speak out. We want to stand there and we want to just kind of mumble in our breath. And we want to just, you know, but we need to speak out. We need to say, we need to say that. It says that, Jesus, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So now if you're like myself, you've been taught that this is the Lord's prayer and we pray it. It's like a prayer, dear Lord, please do this. Okay, but I wanna submit to you today, it's not written that way. To me, it's written like a declaration. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. It's a declaration for my situation. In my situation, if I'm facing financial difficulties, am I gonna say, how in the world am I gonna pay my bills? No, I'm gonna do what Jesus told me to do and say, your kingdom come, your will be done. Now you've gotta know what his will is because there's a lot of bad religion out there. People all the time say, well, if it's God's will, he'll heal me. Okay, what's the Bible say? Psalms 103.3, he heals all of my diseases. By his stripes, I am healed. Okay, now I understand we have people that don't get healed. I don't understand that. But it does not make a difference. It's still God's will to heal you. So are you gonna stand in faith? Are you gonna say, thy will be done, your kingdom come for provision? It talks about that he will provide all of your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. So again, we declare the Lord's prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done in my situation. Jesus said to say, and I think we should be saying it. It's us agreeing with the word of God. Jesus taught what our first word should be. I went a little freelance there, so I don't know where I'm at with my notes, Sorry so our third p so we've had praise we've had prayer and our third p is promote others our first which words should be laden with love they should be used to lift either our spirit up or the spirit of others proverbs sixteen twenty four says gracious words are a honeycomb sweet to the soul and healing to the bones ephesians 4 9 reads Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. Wow. Wow. That's pretty tough right there, huh? I mean, we're around a world that has unwholesome talk. I mean, we got foul language. We talk about things that 20 years ago you would never even mention. You know, it's on television. It's all around us. So are we letting that impartial, get into our heart and come out our mouth? Or are we guarding against that? But do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building up others according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. So our words benefit those who listen or they tear down those who listen. Proverbs fifteen four tells us that the soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. When you get bad news, do you take time to praise, pray and promote? The Bible's pretty clear that what we believe we will speak and what we speak will affect us and others around us in a negative way or a positive way. Courtney, you and the band can come back up if you'd like. Proverbs 13.3 gives us an encouragement and a warning. He who guards his mouth preserves his life, but he who opens wide his lips shall have destruction. Wow, that's pretty convicting, isn't it? Or the warning in Matthew 12.36 says, But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of in the day of judgment. Man, we speak a lot of idle words. A lot of times we just don't we just we just say what's we just well unfortunately you we say what's in our heart and that's just ugly, but we just say we just say words, but we're going to give an account of those, and I got a lot of words. God's going to be busy that day. you know what though he forgives us, he forgives us, and so it's 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 all right, okay we're not getting into legalism where you've got to say everything right. I want you to realize that it's not it's not God's up there not with a bat, the first time you say something bad, you know, oh, my feet are killing me, you're not gonna fall over dead, you know, but but they do reveal, you know, they reveal something about us. So take note of your words this week. There's a lot of applications, so let's boil it down to a plan of action. What are the first words out of your mouth? If you don't like what you're hearing, if you don't like the direction that your life is taking, you need to first start praising God. Second, praying and ask the Holy Spirit to tame your tongue because again, we're not gonna be able to do it by ourselves, are we? If something so small as our tongue can destroy the world, can start the world on fire, we're gonna need the Holy Spirit to change that tongue and change what we say and change our heart. Third, you need to get into the word on a daily basis and start changing what is in your heart. Start writing down on a three by five card the scriptures that pertain to what you're going through and reread those every day. If you're facing a difficulty, if you're facing a trial, find those scriptures in the Bible that give you the promise, whether it be a financial promise, whether it be a a relationship, whether it be a challenge for health. And then you need to start reading those daily. And I understand when you're reading them daily at first, you're you're not believing them. But the more you read them, what's it say? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by what? The word of God, you gotta hear that word of God. And I challenge you not just to read them silently on your three by five card, but speak them out. Speak them out, put your name in there. God, you provide all of my needs according to your riches in Christ Jesus. I don't have to worry about anything. I trust in you, Lord, I trust in you. Meditate on those. And meditating just means to think or ponder and pray over. The world's kind of corrupted that word of meditation. But we, the Bible tells us to meditate on the Word of God. Ask the Lord to make those promises a reality in your life. And fourth, guard your tongue in all you do and say. And fifth, promote people and family around you. Promote the people around you. Promote this church. You know, when you hear something happening in the church, when you hear, hey, we're gonna do this, do you sit back and go, well, we'll wait and see if that happens? Or do I say, you know what? That's exciting, I'm gonna get involved. I'm gonna pray about that. I'm gonna support that. I'm gonna encourage that. I'm gonna encourage that leader. I'm gonna encourage that person. What's out of your mouth? Because it reveals what's in your heart. Let's stand and pray. hope you guys will forgive me of this, sorry, I just. (laughs) (laughs) Father, thank you so much that your word is a lamp unto our feet, that your word is a guide, that your word is perfect and true and your promises are there for us. Thank you that you are a forgiving God. And Lord, right now, I just bow my heart to you and I ask you to forgive me of those negative words. Forgive me of what's in my heart that comes out through my mouth that is negative, that is unbelief, that is, that is not according to your scriptures and according to your words, Lord. Father, forgive me. Forgive us, Lord, and replace that with your Holy Spirit words, with your Holy Spirit guided, directed, and loving words. Father, help us to be a people known for words of life, not words of death, words of encouragement, not discouragement, words that lift people up, not tear people down. Father, help us to speak good about our city, about our community, about the people around us, to speak life. Even though they may not know you, Father, you are drawing them to you. Help us to help that, help us to be that honeycomb, help us to our words to be sweet, not harsh, not condemning, not legalistic, but laden with your grace and your love, Lord. Father, thank you for your forgiveness And thank you for new words and new life, Father. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Praise with us.